Hey everyone, welcome to the GIST Podcast. If you're tired of being comfortable and want to take on living life from the context of 100%, fuck yeah. Join us each week as we share lessons we're experiencing in this crazy game called life. We invite you to play along and get your shit together. Take responsibility for how your life is currently going and at the same time, take on new, fun, and sometimes crazy shit. We promise to challenge your thinking by being vulnerable, authentic, and straight up with what we're dealing with, what doesn't work, and what can. Be warned, this is not your grandma's podcast. Welcome to episode 58 of The Gist Life. It is a weekly podcast that explores and uncovers what it takes to create your best life on your terms. We dig in and provide those willing to listen with gritty, real, and uncensored insights that will inspire and challenge you. Today, we are joined by fellow change agent from the CIA. Many would say he has a crystal ball and can see in the future. And it's been his experience that many more avoid the inevitability of the predictable future they're running towards due to their unwillingness to look into the long-term impacts of the steps they take or don't take moving forward. He's seen empires rise to greatness only to witness their demise as the seeds of status quo and the typical are allowed to run rampant. He's a difference maker here in Calgary, a rabid Stamps fan, a driver of positive change, and an artist at heart. Welcome, Barry Anderson. Thanks, David. That's I feel like I'm stepping into a mystical realm here. <laughs> you know, that's that's excellent. That's a great that's a great uh thing for someone to say i know right? <laughs> mystical realm here at the gist this, this is the mystical realm it is about uh, shining the light on the things that we would most most of the time never give uh enough thought to yeah and is actually what drives us it's what sources us it's sure. what inspires us and they are uh they can be fleeting if not paid attention to right yeah. they just come and go much yeah. like yeah. anything mystical it's the apparition was there and then it's not. And it's like, oh, I kind of wish it hung around a little bit. Yeah. So we want it to hang around a little bit. The magic in the unknown Lovely. and unseen. Right? Lovely. And everybody's got a great story. And uh, and most of the time, we, we don't give it enough time to be told mm-hmm. because we're busy doing the stuff that we're doing. Sure. And, uh, and people and I, expect us to be doing that stuff because that's how we're defined most of the time exactly exactly and there's more to it and so we always take a deep dive we take a deep dive in the work that we do that you're already uh well well versed in and then uh, as a social fun thing to do we continue to explore and and take those deep dives right yeah so so barry you're you're working with the cia but that's my company started A century ago. Yeah, but it's not the CIA. Right. It's your CIA. <laughs> it's a CIA. It's a CIA. <laughs> it, Ver- it's like, you know, saying that, you know, you're not the God, you're a God. <laughs> That's, you know, right. yeah. so, That's so good. <laughs> when I first when I first dropped it this morning, I'm like, yeah, I got Barry from the CIA coming. He's like, like huh? what? <laughs> I was like, oh, man. Actually, what I said was, we're going to find out who killed Kennedy. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. I know. I know. Too bad. So the Creative Intelligence Agency, that is the CIA we're referring to. Yes, here. that is. That's so cool. Yeah. You've worked with, uh, with many providing this service of helping people find 
where they're going, what, what they could be doing, how they can be innovative and create something worthwhile. And you've right. been doing that for a long time. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. <laughs> it has been a long time. Sometimes, uh, well, and, and the fact that you've done it for so long, and the reason why I bring it up that way is you've seen what happens. Right. When, when people double down on it and really lean in and make it work. Yeah. And then those that are on the fence and are, you know, shit or get off the pot kind of mindset. Yeah. And what happens on, on that front. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so I bring that up with that, uh, with that context in mind, because, uh, what I'm curious about is to hear from your side, how that, what some of that experience has been for you. Sure. Sure. Well, um, and I, I promised to make this a, a short story. I, what, what, we've got six hours here, I think, today. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's great. Um, no, I, you're absolutely right, David, because for me, <clears throat> the length of time that I've been in the business is, has been a blessing because I have seen an arc that is really amazing to, to watch, an evolution of, of how our business works and, and where, it's, where it's gone, where it's, where it's gotten to from where it started. And for me, I, I guess what summarizes it is, is going from surface to significance because I started out um, as an artist in art college. And what kind of art did you do? Oh, I, you know, I mean, in, in, in art college, you start off just, you know, worrying that you can draw a straight line. Um, but no, I mean, it was, it, it was, you know, it was kind of all the original types of stuff, you know, figure drawing and, and, you know, but also graphic design in terms of shapes and color and, and that kind of thing. But eventually it evolved into what they called back then commercial art. Um, or what they kind of evolved to, which was visual communications, which made us all feel much better. Um, it, was, it sounds very professional. Yeah, yeah, it was a very, very, very much more professional. Um, and and I'm going to step back a bit because you know my my story from where I came from has a lot to do with how I got to this point of significance. Oh, beautiful. Um, but but when I talk about surface, it's going from 2D. It's going from you know worried about whether you can draw a straight line and create a shape to whether or not you're actually making a difference in the world mm -hmm. and you're making a difference in the city that you were born in, in the neighborhood, in the city, in the province, in the country that you're born in. And I love how our profession has evolved from that kind of surface, you know, the idea of design mm -hmm. to making a difference. Um, so that's cool. But my story personally, and, and it relates to all of this, starts in Arkansas. And our family kind of came from Arkansas, and this will date me. Um, although I like to say, if people think of me in terms of age, don't think of me as holding an oxygen bottle in my hand. Think of me as holding, you know, the Gandalf staff of power. Oh, that's you know, great. Thou shalt not pass. So yeah, yeah. A powerful age. Most 27-year-olds uh, don't describe themselves that yeah. way. So I'm really excited <laughs> to hear your story. Wow. that's a, You've got some cool dudes here. I love it. <laughs> Um, uh, that anyway, was well done. That was well done. <laughs> anyway, Kudos. but back literally back in the 40s, my family got on the wagon train and moved from a whole bunch of them moved from Arkansas to California because literally people were uprooting themselves across the United States and moving to wherever the war effort was and wherever jobs were. Um, so my family moved out to California because my dad and my my granddad were both working in uh, in the war effort building bombers, wow. 
which was really cool. I mean, the stories that my dad used to tell. Um, and my, my dad was a football player all the way back from high school to college. And, and so while he was, you know, kind of working, trying to kind of put some food on the table for the family, he was also still playing football and, and very involved in sports. And so he, he uh, got involved in some of the early football leagues in, in California, the leagues before that there was ever an NFL and, and before there were even blacks you know, in the professional leagues, my dad was playing in all these kind of different types of leagues, um, junior leagues, varsity kind of leagues um, in the States. And, and that was really cool. And eventually he was able to break the color barrier and get into the professional leagues. Wow. Um, and, um, and that kind of led us up to Canada because at the time the CFL was just a very new thing. And a lot of the coaches and owners were looking to the U.S. to say, you know, how could we bolster our, our league? So, you know, let's get some good old boys from the U.S. Let's get some good, big, husky boys. Because, uh, of course, you know, Americans are always built sturdier than, than we are, um, larger, at least, anyway. So they, they literally were raiding, you know, different uh, states and the leagues in the, in the U.S. to bring players up here to bolster the Canadian Football League and give it some significance. And so that's why my family ended up here. Wow, Literally, awesome. literally, we went from Arkansas to California to... So you were born in Arkansas. Calgary. I was born in Calgary. Oh, you were um, born in Calgary. That's yeah, what you said. And that's, that, that's, the, that's the key thing here because I almost um, needed to divorce my parents because they moved up to Calgary in... Well, the first time my mom saw Calgary was January of 1950 Ooh, or something yeah, like that. bring it on. And so, you know, I always said, why why did you want to move up to a place that had this kind of cold and snow? And what the, what is the problem here? I could have been raised in sunny California. I could have been a, you know, a Hollywood guy. Um, but no, no, they had to come up here. And it's, and it's funny, but it lasted the test of time. Um, kind of the, 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 the cliche uh, that my mother always said was that they love the people. They really love the people. And I can understand that, you know, coming from the southern United States, you know, to California, up to Canada. Um, you, know, you, can, you know, Canadians may not be as, as stout and sturdy as, as Americans sometimes, but we're good people. Um, and, uh, and they found a lot of good people to, um, to share their lives with. So when they moved up here, even though the weather was, you know, Game of Thrones type of, you know, <laughs> winter winters and stuff like that, um, they, they loved the people and they got very involved. So my mother became uh, president of United Church Women, president of Meals on Wheels. She was the first woman of color on city council. Um, all the time that was happening, my dad was, you know, he, he had a radio show in Calgary. Oh, he was, cool. he was part of some jazz bands in Calgary and he was playing football for the Calgary Stampeders. Um, and that's why I was born in Calgary, but it's also why I was given this sense of community and sense of how people um, in, in a community really make a difference in your life and how you need to make a difference by giving back to that community. Um, so that's, that's, that what's, that's what started me on this arc, um, really, from you know, what I said was surface to significance. Um, and to this day, it holds true that 
a lot of uh, what I want to do is be a catalyst for positive change. Mm-hmm. And, and I know you guys talk a lot about being a catalyst. Now, in, in, in functional terms, it started with me going to the, co- you know, the College of Art and, and starting on a creative career. Um, and that was lots of fun. And, I, and, you know, again, I was very much supported by my father, who was, who was sports. And, you know, he was also, uh, you know, had a background as a mechanic, you know, a manly man. Mm-hmm. And here his son was going, I want to go to art school. You know, I want to paint. Was that, was that a bone of contention at all? Or was he just like open? He was amazing. You know, he, yeah, that's he just, he just was, you know, totally supported that. Because that's not mm-hmm. typical at that time of Oh, absolutely. Life, you know? Absolutely not typical. Do the um, hard work. Yeah. That's that's playtime. That's right. That's right. But I, you know, was able to turn playtime into, you know, an actual career. So that's what how I started, you know, both functionally and philosophically was, you know, functionally I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to have a creative career. And philosophically, my parents were always the sort of people who said, you've, you've got to, you know, be significant. You've got to make a difference in some way or another. And that's what I saw with them every day. So, uh, you know, as I went through art college, I developed some great relationships with people. And, and coming out, out of art college, you know, very early, some of the people that I actually went to school with were the, the people who became my partners in business. And, and literally, you know, we came out into the marketplace worked for other people for a year or two, but then started our own business. You know, we, we were kind of designers and illustrators coming out of art college. And, um, and we started up like that with a kind of design and illustration studio. Um, but again, because of, you know, that sense of, of going further and, and trying to give back and trying to make a difference, we very quickly evolved from just kind of designing, illustrating, doing graphics and things like that to, you know, how can we actually make a difference in a business? And at the, at the time back then, of course, that, this was before social media, this was even before digital. We were still on the board, you know, drawing and designing stuff and, and trying to, you know, using the Pantone book to figure out what yeah, was the best right. color. And we would have clients who would say to us, you know, well, you know, I think my logo should be red because that's, you know, my wife's favorite color or whatever. That's my, you know, uh, or, or I want, you know, to, to use this because, you know, my, my business, you know, started off in this particular part of the world. And I think we should include that in, you know, our brand position, stuff like that. And we're going, well, you know, not sure that actually will make a difference to the people that you serve with your brand. So, so very early on, we started getting into conversations about not just what do you look like and or even what you sound like, but why do you exist as an organization? And, and that allowed us to go from being kind of a design company to being a company that became a, a business partner, a real partner in a, and, and somebody who could actually um, make a difference in terms of what the business was all about, um, not just you know, what it looked like and sounded like. Now, make no mistake, we made a good living as a, what you would call an advertising agency, because we evolved from that design and illustration studio into an advertising agency. Um, we started out, you know, our brand was the image brokers. So you can tell that was very much about the transaction and illustration, right? Mm-hmm. And the transaction. Um, but then we, you know, changed our brand to creative intelligence back in the late nineties. Even the name, the, the difference yeah. in the name, the energy of the name image yeah. brokers and right. then creative intelligence, man, right. it just like leveled up 
in, yeah. in the awareness game. Yeah. Yeah, it's a complete it, shift. When we did make that change in the late 90s, that's when we actually got WestJet. Um, because they launched in 1996, and we were their first agency, wow. and we were their agency for their first 10 years. And, uh, and at the beginning, it was kind of as a traditional advertising agency, but because of the, the whole nature of the way they started their business, which was very much like you know, Southwest Airlines, you know, this idea that, that culture is as important as everything else in the, in the business. Because of them starting in that way, um, we really were very involved from the beginning in building the brand from the inside out. Um, and, and that really set the stage for our philosophy for, you know, the next 20 years, you know, after that. Because, you know, the whole idea of building a brand from the inside out is about, you know, what are your values? You know, what is your culture? How do you behave, you know, with reference to those values to bring them to life? Um, how, do you, how do you integrate those values into absolutely everything that you do? And that was very much what started WestJet on its path to success was because, you know, for them, um, the culture was something that was not just uh, a marketing concern. The culture was something that was embodied by a flight attendant, was uh, by a call center person, by, you know, a maintenance guy, you know, all of it was part of this kind of cultural uh, renaissance and, and revolution. And so we were, we were there at the very beginning and, and were part of that for their first 10 years. And that really set the stage for um, the fact that even today now, when I think of creative intelligence, it's still about that balance of strategy and creativity, but you know the deeper aspect of what we do is we build brands from the inside out through culture. And, um, and supporting culture, uh, championing culture, and then finding more and more unique ways to engage people around that culture, which leads us to you know, our, our modern incarnation, which is really bringing kind of these unique strategic and creative ideas to the table with advanced technologies. Immersive technology. It's really you know, changed the landscape. Like yeah, it's changed the landscape. There, do, you, do you have, did you have a question? You wrote a couple of things. I'm curious to know, like, because I'm really fascinated by history. So I'm just curious to know um, what it was like for you growing up in Calgary, because it's obviously a lot different yeah. than it was uh, than it is today. Yeah. And if you can sort of tie it into that transition from um, back when you were saying like, oh, yeah, first, we're just the agency that was basically pumping out logos and creating right. that image to like, yeah. What was that shift for you? Because I can hear it in what in, you're inside saying. Inside of Calgary as an yeah. yeah, ecosystem. I can hear it yeah. what you're saying in terms of like what it was like for you growing up here. Like there was a real sense of connection and culture, right? right. And then it's like, oh, we got to live our life and build business. And then it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. What can we have both? So I, I'm curious to know kind of what that was like for you. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you talked a little bit about, you know, the U.S. and that migration and, and, and race and culture and things like that. And. And um, again, my parents came from Arkansas, the, the deep south, um, and moved to California, which is its own planet. Um, and and <laughs> that's up so here. Um, but again, be, you know, the, the, the thing that kind of was a common thread through that experience was um, because when they were in Arkansas, they, were li they actually lived in, in Little Rock and Hot Springs. And Hot Springs was a government town. So you didn't have the same level of racism that you might have had in a different, you know, kind of uh, town or, or, or urban area because everybody had pretty good jobs. 
And a lot of it comes down to that, unfortunately. So, you Isn't know, that interesting. so when they when they came up here, um, they were they were used to not treating race as a as a negative and a detriment, but treating it as a, as a positive. And they always, you know, and I was raised to um, not think of myself in, in any way, in any situation as a victim, uh, but as how can I contribute something unique um, because of who I am and where I came from. And that was very much embodied in my dad because my dad was a, he was a football player, but he was an entertainer. You know, like I say, he was involved in music and he, he was actually in movies when he was in California. He was a he was a bit player in many movies. He was in the original story of Seabiscuit. He was in the original Samson Delilah, literally as a spear chucker. Um, so, so, so again, it 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 comes back to I guess a uh, an inner philosophy that was given birth in an environment that was conducive to having that philosophy. And and what I mean was is that they were fortunate. That where they lived, they you know maybe experienced a little bit less mm-hmm. of the institutionalized racism. I mean, it's not that they didn't experience it; um, they certainly did. Wasn't as pervasive. Yeah, they were given other opportunities, so they carried that with them throughout their lives. The the idea that you know you can turn this around and and make it a positive, and that you know it's all about who you are as a human being, not you know what color you are. So I was raised with that sense of pride and. And uh, and it's not that I didn't experience that here in Calgary, but but um, but I was raised with the idea that you can you know step out from under that shadow. But of course, in the early years in Calgary, you know, I've I've had people say to me, "Well, you'll never you know make it as an ad agency in Calgary because you're never going to get you know jobs from oil and gas companies because they're not going to give them to you." Mm. And and I thought, "Oh, okay, well, you know, watch." You know, you know, we'll see we'll, about that. We'll we'll see about that. Let's find out um, about that. Yeah. And and again, I think you know. So you know, you guys are talking so much about you know culture and the story. You know, from where you come from and where you get to, and that's very much you know what drives me every day. Is I is I think about the journey that we've taken and that our, even our family has taken, and 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 it has led me to kind of a this firm idea that you know you you make it you you make your way you make your destiny and you do not need to be held back in any way shape or form but it really has a lot to do with what you're willing to give what you're willing to lean into and um and the legacy that you want to create you know you talk about race again um black history month was february and my mother was honored um as at the end of black history month as a as a pioneer um as somebody who again was the first woman of color and at city council but also was very active in the community in terms of meals on wheels united way the church community um and then on the other side you know my dad passed away in 2017 and at that time, the Stamps gave him a wonderful celebration at our first home game where I got to toss out, you know, the coin to oh, start the cool. game. Oh, very cool. Stuff like that. And, you know, I had, you know, nearly 30,000 people, you know, cheering, grieving, cheering, yelling um, along with us. So how could I not be invested in this city? How yeah, could you're I in. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. 100%. I'm in. So today, what, what I'm spending a lot of time doing is 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 applying the same ideas that I started out with in terms of the surface, you know, design and, and art and things like that. But then what, how we evolved into 
thinking in terms of culture and how we engage people in different ways, I'm applying those things now to um, to more kind of um, civic um, issues and economic development issues and how do we make a better you, city. You bring a, an interesting point up, and, and before you go down that rabbit hole, there is a stigma of Calgary. Right. What would you say most people say about Calgary? Well, most people say it's a, you know, it's, it's still, it's a cow town. You know, the, the, the associations with Calgary have to do with cowboys and mountains. And, and that's still true. You know, we're, we're a cow town where we don't have culture here. Um, it's all about the Rockies, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, what's actually, from your experience, what's actually the culture here? Well, there's a, um, and again, you know, culture is also what you make of it and what you celebrate and what you support. Um, and I think there's, there's a sense that we need to, to celebrate this more. But there is a community spirit in Calgary that is amazing. Um, and underlying all of the, you know, you talk about what is Calgary. Well, you know, the, the Western, Cowboys, Rockies, but of course, oil and gas. So those three pillars are, are the things that, you know, we've built Calgary on for better or for worse. Over They're the a bit weathered now. Decade, and they are very weathered now. Yeah. Um, Not as strong foundations as they would have been before. Exactly. But I think that, that what uh, people are looking at is, is how do we get back to what is the essence of, of Calgary? And I think, you know, you know, being in the business that when we talk about brands today, we talk about, you know, diving deep into the soul of an enterprise and understanding what its belief systems are and how it and ex- executes those belief systems, how it lives up to them, and how it shares that with its the people it serves. So when we think in terms of Calgary, you know, there's a community spirit that is that it, that is really kind of somewhat unique to us. I, I mean, you agree. could say that you know a lot of cities have you know they have their own version. You know, of they it, have their own so, version. Yeah. But we have a unique community spirit, and we have a unique entrepreneurial spirit um, that is. Uh, it is not celebrated enough. We haven't figured out how to codify that, you know, and how to coalesce that into a, a brand for the new economy. And and when I talk about the new economy, you know, we all talk about, you know, what is Calgary 2.0 going to be? What is Calgary in the digital economy, in the new world, global economy? And I don't think we've quite figured out um, that yet. And it's a real challenge because I think what people are, have been, of course, shocked um, and stunned by, you know, the oil and gas industry taking a dive. And, you know, we have 30% vacancy in downtown, in the downtown core. That's amazing. Um, you know, we, we, we have issues around, you know, what we want to, how we want to participate in the world. We had the, the issue around the Olympics, and, and that didn't work out. Um, we had Amazon coming here saying, ah, I'm not quite ready for prime time. And that has left us with wondering, well, you know, as a future, my favorite futurist used to say, what happens after what happens next? <laughs> totally. Yeah. You know, Calgary is, is one of those interesting places. And uh, there's something going on quietly, siloed in many different areas of Calgary mm-hmm. that are addressing what you just talked about right yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, so we have a, uh, an inclination and a definite intention to, to expand and explore. Mm-hmm. And then it is driven by uh, uncertainty, 
uh, or or whether there is a uh, an openness uh, elsewhere. Right. And so we stay inside of our silos because it's safe. Yep. It's predictable. There is a knowing that it can, you know, if at the very least we're able to create it here in this one spot, that's a win. Right. Right. Yep. Uh, but but the missing and, and the conversations that you and I have had and the conversations that I have with other people is that. Uh, for us to really drive and and create something that's never been created for us before and likely for anybody before mm-hmm. because it's coming from that place right. is it has to come we have to come and do it together right yeah and and the togetherness is a big part of it because as you say, there's a lot of interesting things happening here, but a lot of it's happening in isolation. Yeah, you wouldn't know about it. yeah, you'd have actually no idea what's going on it would blow your fucking mind if yeah. you heard it you'd be like what yeah that's not happening here no yeah. no it is well and a lot of it re- revolves around innovation yes. as you know and we've been uh, a part of this and and so when we talk about um the innovation ecosystem and you know i'm, I'm going to bring up a buzzword you know, my favorite buzzword of the of the week is ecosystem but in the innovation ecosystem there's all these really interesting things happening one is a technological uh, point of view in, in that there's a lot of emerging technology companies and organizations and individuals, professionals who are creating, you know, kind of world beating enterprises through new technologies. You know, you and I were both at a, at a gaming town hall, mm, you know, was, to, to, to celebrate and introduce a global gaming company that has come to Calgary uh, because we do have that entrepreneurial spirit and and that you know kind of culture of innovation that's beginning to grow so you've got the gaming community um we're involved in uh creating a partnership with an international immersive technology company in vr ar mr that is something that is that is growing in leaps and bounds you've got artificial intelligence that it's growing leaps and bounds and this is all happening in calgary yeah yeah in in nodes little nodes little you know, little pockets of, of emerging technologies and new technologies and interesting things that are happening in terms of, of being innovative. I'm really fascinated by that because, um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not exposed to a lot of these things. And also it's, I'm curious, like, why is it so underneath? Because you, you were talking about how your company shifted like 20 years ago. Right. Right. So I'm curious to know what that conversation was like, like what actually had you explore that and go, hmm, we're going to go from, we're going to take a bit of a deeper dive here. Like, Well, I think it was, it was again, that, that, that pressure or push, you know, certainly within myself and my partners to be more significant in the process, to move from surface to significance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of fundamental stuff. You know, I, I think you'd it's find part that, of our, our journey as yeah, people. Yeah. Yeah. As we're human beings, you know, so that could have happened in the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 90s. Um, but I think what's happening now is um, because of technology, um, you have things happening at a more accelerated pace. And you have wider, broader opportunities for a small company to operate globally, um, for a global company to operate like a small company, um, for boundaries and markets to all of a sudden disappear in terms of of barriers, you know, it's it's no longer just my neighborhood, my my city, my province. It is, you know, it is the global market that we're all dealing with, and it's one click away. Mm-hmm. And so, so that the the whole idea of of 
the the enabling that happens because of technology is, then comes head to head with that entrepreneurial spirit, and all of a sudden you have an acceleration of these things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, and I think it's growing. It's it's it, it's not perfect, but it's growing. Happens in fits and starts because. For instance, that global kind of gaming company that we talked about, they were looking at, at Down East. They were looking at, well, yeah, maybe Montreal, we should go to Toronto Ontario, or Montreal, yep. place like that. It's only because of a, of a few dynamic entrepreneurs here who said, wait a minute, you know, look at Calgary, look at what we're building here. And, and that's the key. Mm-hmm. You, you pointed to it right there. It only takes a couple, to your, to your definition, dynamic people yeah. to create an opportunity and have it start to ripple That's such right. that a, a gaming company, a very well-established gaming company, has now, uh, you've piqued their interest. Yeah. It doesn't take very much. No, it, it doesn't. Um, and sometimes it, it's, it's the, the catalyst happens, you know, almost in an organic way from all these collisions, you know, between various industries and various econom- economic forces and companies. These collisions happen and all of a sudden, what is catalyzed out of that is something new. Mm-hmm. And, when I, and, and when I'm talking about collisions, I'm meaning all the nodes in the network, and that's education and training. You know, there are advances happening there. Um, that is economic development in terms of our economic development entities and the initiatives that they're interested in. Um, you've got, again, the private sector and, and the you know, emerging technologies and the emerging industries um, and the needs. You've got societal changes that are happening where we have an influx of, of you know, ethnic groups and people from different parts of the world. Who, and, and, you know, different, and our diversity isn't just about um, ethnics. It's about age. You know, it's about, you know, young people coming into the market and being enabled to do different things. Um, you have all these these forces happening, uh, coming together and, and creating a lot of interesting collisions. And and when that happens, things are given birth to that we hadn't even imagined could happen. Like, I, you know, you just you just can't even foresee sometimes, you know, what's going to be right around the corner. Even I have no we, idea. We, we had really a tried community. to. Like, you know, we have a gaming community that just came, yeah. came about, just yeah. sprung up. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, when, and, and you, when you let go of having it, needing it to look a certain way, to yeah. go a certain way, like it should do this. Yeah. Then you actually see what else is showing up as the opportunity, the direction to take. And That's it is right. most times unexpected and completely not the direction you thought it was going to go. Yeah. Yeah. And is in a better service than the direction that you were pretty set on it taking. Yes, right? absolutely. Uh, it's actually what cr- creates innovation and allows people to to do something they've never done before, yeah. to your point. Yeah. And, you know, I people talk a lot about disruption. And in actual fact, the the you know, the idea of disruption is something that um, to some degree we need to embrace mm-hmm. in order to make some of these collisions happen and to create new things. I was at an event last night where, again, a, a group of, of entrepreneurs in Calgary have been working with a university in the Netherlands, you know, sort of. A, so we've, we've got a bunch of, we had a bunch of Dutch kids who came over here and took a look at how to make Calgary a better city. Oh, that's cool. I mean, that just crazy, a crazy idea. Talk about out of the box thinking. So you bring that European perspective, especially that Dutch perspective, 
you know, to our problems here. Don't put any restrictions on it. Don't put any limitations on it and see what they have to say. And we had these Dutch kids presenting to us these ideas about what would be cool. Can you, for can you share any of, of what Sure. You know, just, just a couple of things, you know, that, that are kind of out of the box. But, you know, we, we, you know, kind of think of our city in certain ways and we don't kind of think outside of that box. We think of Stephen Avenue Mall as being our one kind of pedestrian area. But they said, well, what if you turn Center Street into a mall? Wouldn't that be cool? And they showed us what that might look at, look like. And all of a sudden we're like, wow. Would that that would be cool. Um, or they looked at, you know, how the train tracks divide the city. You know, again, an outsider comes and goes, you know, your city is kind of cut in half by these train tracks. What if, you know, in the downtown core, those train tracks went underground and that whole kind of area along the tracks was turned into a green corridor? Yeah. You know, how wow. that would be cool and stuff like that. And they looked at the fact that we have 30% vacancy in the downtown core um, and they said, well, what if that was turned into residential? Even if you took, you know, 30% of the 30% and turned that into really unique, innovative residential to, to gain more, you know, density in the downtown core, bring more, you know, millennials into the downtown core, you know, creative culture in the downtown core. Create some sort of energy dynamic. Yeah. To- yeah. So, you know, I, I think the, the key things that they were bringing to the table were, you know, a lot of green. And I think everybody, you know, that's that's not a big surprise. But the way they were, you know, expressing it in their ideas was amazing. Well, and know? who they were, young, inexperienced, yeah. you don't know what you're talking about, might right. be the aura in the background. Yes. Uh, but then when you reframe and, and reshape the context yeah. uh, and allow them to actually share without restriction, without that's limitation, right. something inevitably happens in, in that exchange. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's, you can't not. The other big idea they were bringing to the table was about transportation, was about, um, and uh, this is very European, about bicycle kind of uh, uh, pedestrian and bicycles as opposed to cars and buses and right. trains. Yeah, and that's a big bone of contention in this city, though. We, yeah. we got a lot of pro-car, you know, yeehaw, it's my horse. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to be responsible for time, Barry. Sure. Yeah. We are coming up to, to close to the end of the podcast. Yeah. Um, and I know Vern wants to say something. He he is eagerly well, I was just, waiting his turn. It's just that uh, <laughs> all I wanted to say was just the, the power that seems to continuously show up inside of the beginner's mind. Right. Right. Just that whole idea of looking at things newly and pretending like you don't know how it's going to go and go. Like what's actually possible here? Right. Even even the downturn, let's say with oil and gas, all the space being created in, in Calgary downtown, it actually opened up yeah. people's view of like, oh, what else is actually going on here, right? So you can it's actually amazing. look at the entire city newly and be like, well, maybe it isn't just cowboys and mountains and oil and gas. Maybe right. there's actually something else going on here. So and, and the reality is that is actually the case. And, and it's been that way the entire it's, time. It's been that way the entire time since the forties. Yeah, uh, it's never not been here. It's only just been quiet and and under the radar because other things kind of took the limelight, if you will. And so, there's nothing wrong with no, you know, absolutely in the West, but there's absolutely a whole other and there's part more. of it. Absolutely. Okay, so in wrapping this up, I, I have one question that I want to ask you: If you had Calgary's most affluent CEOs in the room, what would you say to them? 
Uh, I would say em- embrace disruption. You know, let let people break shit up. Yeah. Let them just you know break some things. It's okay. Take a risk. You know, let some. You know, last night the the word of the evening was disturbance. Um, you know, let disturbance happen. Let let disruption happen, because we're you know our traditional way is not just good enough anymore. We don't want to. We don't want to destroy our traditions. We love our heritage. We love many of the legacies of our heritage. But if we're going to go forward into what we're all calling this new economy, we're going to have to you know break shit up, yeah. break shit down. And let new things come to life. Oh, that's so great. Uh, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, Barry, and, and connect with you, how could they do that? Um, they can reach me uh, through Creative Intelligence, our website, uh, ciacanada.com. Um, or they can reach me at <laughs> Barry A, B-A-R-R-Y-A, at ciacanada.com. Send me a nasty, disruptive email, and it'll make my day. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, do that. Send a disruptive email. I'll, I'm going to be the first one to do that. <laughs> it'll be anonymous, though, so you won't know it's me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Barry, this was a pleasure. And as always, there's never enough time to to explore and continue to, to pull this thing apart. And so we... We want to have you come back and, and talk a little bit more because there's a lot going on. And yeah. uh, and I think uh, for those listening to really get a sense of what's happening, whether you're local or, or not, uh, the ripple effect is is quite profound when, when you just put a pulse, get a pulse on what's happening. For sure. And something shows up for everybody there. All right. So that was episode 58 of the Just Life podcast. I never know how to close the fucking thing, you know? <laughs> well, just for the record, we are we are connecting with uh, our other audio guy, Keith, and we are eventually going to take that pressure off you, my friend. Yeah. Gonna, oh, man. It's it's heavy. It's like, don't it's like, don't get it wrong. Like, don't how fuck do it I, up. You need a song. I, I'm just personally. Right. I a think, jingle. You know, do you yeah, want to make yeah. a jingle for you us? Need a, <laughs> <laughs> make a jingle? Just, you know, p- pick a guitar up from underneath the table and just strum us home. You know? Oh, man. You don't want that happening. It'll be horrible. <laughs> you know what we could do maybe today? is we can just keep talking shit here and maybe, and and maybe Aaron can fade us out. How about that? So thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Episode 58. And then that's where the camera kind of goes away. And you yeah. can see the people talking, right? Yeah, I can put my <laughs> pants back on. <laughs>